I like to think of this if the world had turned out the way I expected it to turn out when I was uh, maybe like a teenager. This would be playing, this is elevator music. This is what it sounds like when you go to the mall. This is what it sounds like when you take your jetpack to bongjot lessons. And it's in every commercial Yes, for your own private plane that's only eight feet long. I so badly wanted to grow up in a dystopian sci-fi universe until we now find ourselves in an actual dystopian sci-fi universe. <laughs> it is it's the overrated. Brian, the Brian Oak Show recording here at the Smart Start MN studio in lovely historic South Minneapolis on Chicago Avenue. Episode 89 coming up in just a bit. Minnesota musician Nick Leet is going to be joining us from the band High on Stress to talk about the new release, Life During COVID. And speaking of life during COVID, how's your, uh, how's your world global pandemic going right now? You know, I'm okay. Yeah? I'm okay, you're okay. Mm. That's my motto. Very presumptive. If you have to have a motto. Yeah, well, oh, dude, <laughs> today, these days it's all mottos. That's all there is with the election impending and, oh, oh Christ, that's depressing. Let's not talk about that. Okay. I'm Brian Oak. That is Sean Bernard. <laughs> Here we are, you know, treading water just like everybody else is. But the people in the teaching community and people with school-aged children, mm-hmm. they are in complete panicky meltdown right now. Distance learning, well, hybrid in some cases, back to school in other cases, it's all coming down this week or next. Can I say something to piss people off right away? Please. Okay. You are not teaching your kids at home. They are doing distance learning. My wife has spent the last two weeks, much of it unpaid, Mm -hmm. just freaking figuring out how in the world they're going to teach kids distance learning. Now, she's an English language learners teacher, so imagine teaching kids... English, but you have a mask on and a plastic screen over the, or whatever that is, plastic thing right over the top of that. Now, I know you're helping your kids, but you didn't create the curriculum. You're not accountable as much as the teachers are for the results. And so... It's struggle. It's a struggle for everybody, but it kind of gets under my skin when people say, oh, great, now I'm teaching my kids at home. Uh, I would just like to say, um, <laughs> on behalf of all of the parents out there of school age children, yeah. Sean, you're kind of a dick. I am. I think if they're, I'll say this, if they're <laughs> under like eight years old, maybe 10 years old, yes, it's a pain in the ass. Right. And you're feeding them lunch and trying to get your own work done. Yeah. But then I also hear about these richies oh. who are hiring tutors to come into their home, which is really smart, actually. I was going to say, if you had the means, wouldn't you? Oh, hells yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But still, those damn rich people, I'm with you. So far, you got me still. You haven't lost me yet. Okay. Well, it's all going to work out. It's going to be fine. As far as we know. No, this will be great. I mean, why would you need to socialize or have trained professionals directly interact? I mean, and that's part of the problem. My wife's a teacher as well, and she's going. they're doing a hybrid thing. She's going back to school five days a week, but Inquire. still has to come up with online. Well, no singing is allowed because that that's how you spray the droplets. And so yeah. they're going to do all of the non-singing curriculum. That's what my son's dealing with with choir this yeah. year. He goes, Dad, this sucks. Well, you know, it doesn't suck so much as it's not singing, which is kind of what it's you not. want to do in choir. I thought he would like this idea of sleeping in and, and doing distance learning, but he's like, actually, Dad, it's my senior year. I It kind of sucks that we're not going to have right. football games or school dances yeah. or, you know, smoking pot in the 
bathroom. No, he didn't say that part, but hey. he's just he's he's a little bummed out about it. He goes, Yeah, I like sleeping in, but it's kinda weird to not see my friends in my senior year. So close circuit to your son, there are still plenty of cool places to smoke weed that are not the school bathroom. Such as? I don't know. Uh the Smart Start MN Studio? No, we don't allow that sort of thing here. Wow. We don't allow that Only sort of thing Only with masks here. on, you can vape. And you don't, oh, no vaping in this room. No <laughs> vaping anywhere. That's a that's a look that doesn't work for anybody. It is the Brian Oak Show. We are going to get to our guest momentarily. I just wanted to throw in two things real quick. One, 60 days sober today. Thank you very awesome. much. Awesome. Congratulations. I, I believe I get a coin or something for 60 days, if I'm not mistaken. You do get a coin. What about a ticker tape parade? Uh, that's a little much. A little further down the road? That's yeah. like 10 years, something like that? Exactly. I uh, did have the people at Parkway put that up on the their sign. And it says, <laughs> Brian, 60 days sober. How about a little love? That's what it says. Oh, uh, and I want to share another, since we're talking about global pandemic in the world, just literally being a dumpster fire right now, literally being a dumpster fire. Yes. Um, we've lost another musician to COVID. Oh. Already this year, we lost Adam Schlesinger and we lost John Prine, the great oh. John Prine, yeah. one of the most important American singer-songwriters of the second half of the 20th century and well into the 21st century. Well, this time we lost somebody who's not a household name, but he's been making music for a very long time. His name is Bruce Williamson and he's a former lead singer of the band The Temptations, the legendary doo-wop turn funk turn soul group, uh, turn protest group. I mean, one of the most interesting musical evolutions in rock and roll history. But he was only 50 years old. And you might think to yourself, now I believe the Temptations oh, go back a yeah. little further. Temptations started out back in 1960. So they also, though, have just sort of kept a rotating cast. Not quite Menudo-like. Like you've got a pretty long shelf Is life. Is Menudo, Menudo still a thing? Uh, Menudo went on for generations. Menudo, th- there are no founding members. Menudo had been a thing for years before we heard about Menudo. Yeah, like in the s- and eight, Menudo like 80 continu- maybe? Yeah, and Menudo continued to be a thing long after we stopped hearing about Menudo. It literally, they, they had no bones about it. This was a revolving door policy. You're in this band for about two years while you were cute and right at that Tiger Beat teenage age. Hmm. And then you're gone. Well, now, the t- Temptations weren't quite so cavalier about it. Yeah. But this guy's been singing with him since he was, uh, since what, 2006. And he died at 50. 50 is too young to die of That's coronavirus. way too young. Adam Schlesinger was only 54 when he died of Oy. it. John Prine considerably older and with cancer fighting immunocompromised. But mm. the point is, you know, whether we're talking about going back to school or we're talking about just maintaining best practices, you, you got to keep doing it. We're going to see with sports coming back, with school coming back, we know that the things are going to pop again. So just in your day-to-day life, do what you can because um, the world is pretty messed up right now. We're all either at or just past the break. Point, and we got to find a way forward. Just ahead, coming up forward on this particular show, we're going to be talking to Nick Leet from the Minnesota band High on Stress. But first, let's hear a little Temptations. You know, they started out songs like My Girl, like oh, yeah. they were the classic doo wop group. But then, as the 60s started to unravel and social rest unrest came more to the forefront, protest against the Vietnam War, the madness that encapsulated the late 60s and early 70s globally on worldwide culture, there had been nothing like it before, and the Temptations, not only adapted but stayed relevant and amazingly excellent as the world around us all changed they remained a crucial part of the soundtrack as evidenced by this particular song right here
ashamed to admit when I'm wrong or an absolute idiot. Uh, and growing up, <laughs> I think I was probably in my mid-20s before I knew that that wasn't a Love and Rocket song. 
Love and Rockets, the brilliant British trio, well, essentially three quarters of the band Bauhaus without Peter Murphy. Uh, they did a brilliant cover back in the mid 80s of that song, which I assumed was the original. I'm like, damn, that's a masterpiece. And then many years later, heard that particular version. I'm like, well, two things. One, no, that's the fucking masterpiece. And two, that sounds a lot earlier than Love and Rockets. And it turned out I was wrong. Temptations doing that song originally. It's just a brilliant jam. Uh, and now having heard that, if I direct people to the Love and Rockets version, they're probably going to be like, oh, this is the one you liked, huh? Because it's, hmm. you know, it's weirdo and post-punk <laughs> and it's, yeah, it's not. Well, I did listen to, you mentioned last week, I didn't know that Superman was originally done by The Click. Yep. And I went and listened to that after the show. Not bad. Yeah. But I still like the R.E.M. version better. I posted the original not long ago on the social yeah. media and everyone said the same thing. Obviously, well, it's like what you grow up with, right? It's when yeah. you come to a song or a band, like the number of times I've had to argue with people over what the best Beastie Boys record is. And I found that for every person, it's when you came to the band. Oh, of course. For yeah. me, Paul's Boutique, and it's not close. Yeah. And someone's like, oh, apparently you've never heard Ill Communication. And I'm like, no, no, I've, I've heard it. Or, or Check Your Head. I'm like, nope, nope, heard that one too. And both fantastic records. But Paul's Boutique just drags its self all over those two records i saw them by accident uh in junior high they were opening up for madonna that i I, that was a long time ago bro yeah very long time ago like 83 i think that's early days yeah it was it was fantastic wow yeah i mean that's like somewhat punk rock days like they i mean they hadn't crossed over on mtv yet and did not fit with madonna at all it was just bizarre the girl i was with was like what the hell is this about (laughs) and i was loving it yeah boy okay so it was uh (laughs) drop uh it's the brian oak show this is a locker and i smashed your glasses (laughs) 89 89 episodes in and before we get to today's featured guest let's go ahead and thank smart start mn smart start mn.com slash the brian oak show is where you go to find out about how you can get 20 percent off the installation of ignition interlock into your vehicle now why would you need an ignition interlock sean what 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 sort of thing is that because you don't make great decisions with right. high volumes of alcohol in your blood. And I think that's a lot of us, right? I mean, I yeah. know I know I've made lots of really poor decisions. I only ever made that bad. Well, that's not true at all. I, I can't start the day with lying to people. We've all <laughs> made really, really terrible decisions when we drink. And if you drink and drive and you get busted, you're going to be, A, you're in trouble. Even if you don't hurt anybody or hurt yourself, you're in trouble. And you're going to lose your license. And it's going to be expensive. And it is a drag. So, A, don't do it. If you do do it, you need to get back on the road. Mike and Ed over at Smart Start MN are the originators of Minnesota's Ignition Interlock program. They were there from the onset. They helped fashion the legislation that ends up defining it and how it gets you back on the road way sooner than you'd ever expect. So you can learn more at SmartStartMN.com. You go to SmartStartMN.com slash The Brian Oak Show. Should you decide you or someone in your life needs the service, you can get 20% off the installation and the details can be found there. Let's go ahead and say hello to today's guest. Minnesota musician Nick Leet is the driver and main creative force behind the band High on Stress. They have just put out their fifth LP, and it's really good, and it makes me wonder, what was I doing in the mid-2000s that I didn't go to see High on Stress? Because it's a band that's been around for a while. Nick, how are you? Doing well. Thanks for having me today. Glad to have you in here in the Smart Start MN studio. Now, the new record is called Hold Me In, and it has... and I. I hate to say this because people think that you're damning something with faint praise, but to say that this is your most criti- critically acclaimed record so far, people love this record, man. 
Yeah, no, I, I think not it's that they don't love that. your other records. You know what I'm saying? But no. but this record is getting an excellent reception. No, that's right on. Uh, you know, we've always had a decent buzz about us with the records that we've put out. Uh, but this this one just seems to keep going and going and going. So, that's good. Yeah, I know the vinyl vanished right away. I was lucky enough to get one of them. And, but you've got CDs and everything. We'll talk more about that. But for the people who may not, you know, for whom. High on stress is not a household phrase or name, uh, or maybe not either Nick Leet. Um, I want to ask you, where did you come from? Where are you from? I'm from uh, Surrey, North Dakota. Where? Surrey, right outside of Minot. Like Surrey with the fringe on top? S-U-R-R-E-Y. That is Surrey with the fringe on top. <laughs> Clearly not a big enough fan of Oklahoma, an amazing musical. Um, Why not Minot? Yeah, oh, dude, I, so I've been <laughs> through to Minot many times. The, um, the tragic city. Well, what's so tragic? Well, it's nicknamed the Magic City. Oh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> Those of us that left. <laughs> Wasn't so magical. No. Oh, no. See, the only reason I've been through Minot is, in fact, my parents just left last night on the Empire Builder out to Oregon. And every year we would go out to Oregon. And for many of those years, we took the train. This was the family vacation growing up. And I loved traveling by train. But you got to sleep through most of the Dakotas. But then when you woke up, so it leaves at midnight here. Then about 8 a.m., 9 a.m., you make a stop in Minot. And there wasn't a lot going on. I'm going to be honest. Minot is kind of a, um, well, it looks like a town that's built around a train stop is what it looks like. Fairly accurate. Okay. All right. Very good. So you grew up in... There's a Walmart, too. Don't forget the Walmart. Yeah, there wasn't... There weren't no Walmarts back in my day. Okay. (laughs) We had a mercantile we could go up to and get salt pork before the snow set in. And that was was about it. Um, So you grew up in South Dakota, North Dakota. North Dakota. North Dakota. And how long are you there? When do you pull up stakes and leave North Dakota? Well, I left uh, September 1st, 1999. Not that you remember the day. Not that I remember the day. It was two days after my 20th birthday. Nice. Uh, And it was time to go. I I hitched up the wagon and uh, came out this way. And I'll tell you what. I got to town and I popped on the radio and there's uh, Brian Oak and Mary Lucia playing good songs on the radio, which oh. I was not used to growing up in Minot, North Dakota. How about that? It's so, weird. People think that Lucia and I did a morning show together for years and years. It was really just about a year and a half, yeah. late 90s right into there. the year 2000, man. That was it. And I remember Lucia saying, the Goo Goo Dolls are a fine enough band, but they need to go away for a while. That always, <laughs> always stuck with me for 20 years. That's a fantastic Mary Lucia story. And frankly completely accurate right. so when you're back in north dakota when does the music bug bite when do you decide not only do i like to play because i think a lot of people like to play but don't ever harbor any illusions that they're going to be artists throughout the course of their adult life right i mean at least not artists who are like nope we're gonna get in the studio we're gonna put these records out we're gonna go on tour we're gonna play what at what point do you how do you come to music and at what point do you decide yep this is what i'm doing well when i was about Four or five years old, Purple Rain came out, Mm -hmm. and my parents would let me watch that movie. Sorry, Mom and Dad, you're probably in trouble with uh, child protection. I was going to say, there are some (laughs) rather suggestive scenes in that movie, Yeah, young man. I had to turn my head (laughs) anytime they were around Lake Minnetonka. Uh Um, So you were like five going... I knew a girl named Nikki, I guess you could say she was a sex. 
That was the only song on the cassette I wasn't allowed to listen to. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that, that was on what, uh, what's her name? Now I can't think of her name. Apollonia. Apollonia. No, no, I'm sorry. I was thinking of Al Gore's wife, Tipper Gore. Oh, no. Tipper. Yeah. yeah. Tipper yeah. was not happy. Yeah, no, like the no. Dirty Dozen or what was the, I can't remember the name of the <laughs> list, but there were the Terrible Ten. There yeah. were ten, and that was on that list of songs that were absolutely profane in the eyes of decent people. Right. So you hear Purple Rain, and you're like, whoa, music. I wanted a guitar from that moment. Um, I did not get a guitar yeah um my parents would when whenever we'd come to town i'd drive past first avenue and my parents would point at it because that was that yeah. was purple rain that's where prince is from uh, he lives there he did he lived there in <laughs> right. the back room uh-huh. little closet he actually has a parking spot though i'm sure you've seen it yeah yeah of course i mean well it's like the mon- it's like the monkeys you know he he lives there and there's a fireman's pole down in mm-hmm. the back whenever he wants to head down onto the stage yeah that's yeah i like this reality <laughs> that's great uh, so you want to get a guitar when do you get a guitar i don't get a guitar until i'm 15 and Ooh. that's uh directly you know tied to nirvana like i saw nirvana on saturday night live yeah and i thought what is this garbage this is just trash right screaming <laughs> yelling a week later they were my favorite band uh-huh yeah which i think is pretty much anyone my age was that, like what is this that's oh. the way it's got to be man i mean mm-hmm. you know and i'm probably a little older than you but um no nirvana changed everything i mean there were a lot of bands that were like that there was a lot of sludgy stuff coming out of mm-hmm. the pacific northwest for years before that but they didn't just much like we were talking Beastie Boys earlier, much like Beastie Boys brought hip-hop to a, a, an entire world that hadn't heard it before, Nirvana brought a lot of the underground to a world that hadn't heard it before and literally changed the face of American music in doing so. So I'm glad to hear that you were part of that excellent transformation. Yeah, no, guitar came soon after that for sure. It was, mm-hmm. it was. I, I will remember that moment of watching them and being completely confused and they're just destroying all their equipment. And right. Like, What's going on? You're not poison. Yeah, uh, <laughs> no yeah no they were poison to poison yeah they were poison to poison and that was really it and and soon after that uh started my first band and we played around north dakota uh what was the name of your first band standard thompson okay uh and we actually moved here together other than the drummer who stayed behind i was gonna say standard thompson's actually kind of a great name uh you know or at least a good name i just figured if this was your very first band you know wild stallions or something equally terrible right well, funny you say that because one of the last shows we played in North Dakota before we moved was opening for Dogstar. Come True on, True Story. Keanu Reeves band Keanu where he Reeves. played bass. Uh, oh my gosh, I forgot about yes. that. Band. It was at a All Seasons Arena in Minot, North Dakota. So, oh my God. So you now I'm going to ask this because I also got an opportunity to interview the band when they were on tour in support of that record Quattro Formaggi, which stands for four cheeses um no lie no lie so was was uh, was keanu cloistered away from everybody like you didn't get a chance to see him or hang with them no we showed up they had us pull our uh we had this little short bus with tinted windows it was glorious uh pulled it in and they said you know they're they're still sound checking just bring your stuff on stage and i'm like oh this is going to be a problem and we brought all our amps on stage and kind of gave a wave and came over and chatted with us for quite a bit when they were done and nicest guy ever um, played the show afterwards, hung out with them a bit, invited us back to their dressing room for a while until their uh, manager decided it was time to count money, and then we had to go. Time to go. <laughs> time to go, fellas. Wild. Okay, well, that's cool. I um I remember I was doing morning radio at the same <laughs> station where you heard me and Lucia, but it was prior to that. I was working with Steve Nelson, and they were coming into town. They were playing at, like, Glam Slam or whatever iteration oh, that yeah. building was at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they... uh. <laughs> 
they came in, and as they're coming down, I see the other because you know there's the lead singer guy is like an actual singer songwriter. He's trying to make it. He just so happens to be friends with Keanu Reeves and has him on bass, which attracts all the attention. And as they're walking in and getting settled in in the other studio, the manager grabs my arm and pulls me aside. He's like, "No questions about Keanu's movie career. Only you can only talk about Dog Star." Oh, that's such bullshit. And I was like, I was like, <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to have to punt. And that's what I did. And it was just the most generic band interview of all time. And, um, you know, I mean, like Keanu Reeves is on the other side of a piece of glass, but he's sitting five feet from me. And I'm like, there's so much we could talk to this guy about because I've heard he's nothing but amazing. But, you know, he was real shy and sort of retreating about it. And then I went to see the band that night because I'm like, I've got to see what the hell this is all yeah. about. <sighs> Women, the only the audience was ninety percent women between thirty five and forty four, uh, who Keanu kept his entire his back turned to the the crowd the entire time, and the rare occasion where he would turn around, blah, like Beatlemania screams and otherwise just polite applause at the end of the songs. It was it was kind of a bummer for the band. I remember they did a Pink Floyd song. Really, that, that seems to wish you were here. I believe. Oh, we'll see. That's was, a good one. Was he completely bald? So I think this was days oh. after, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, no, no, no. no Keanu was okay. not completely bald. Yeah. Wow. So, I mean, you played with him during the Matrix days at some point. He had flown in from Australia for the show. What? No eyebrows, no hair. Yeah. It was that scene when he's in the, the goo in the Matrix. He uh-huh. had just filmed that. Come on. Yeah, it was bizarre. See, the Matrix is one of my favorites of all time. Yeah. You, you like that movie? Yeah, you like sci-fi? Movie. Yeah. yeah. All right. It, it uh, spawned many DVD copies. <laughs> the DVD revolution. I, it's true. It's true. And, oh, man, yeah, that's one of my all-time favorites. So, you uh, are suddenly from going from just your average everyday North Dakota kid to rubbing elbows with Keanu Reeves, and you decide now it's time to move to the big city, and you made your way towards Minneapolis? Yeah, we made our way here, uh, and... It was amazing. The The radio stations were so much better. There was so much to do. Um, within days, it was the Mill City Music Festival. Oh, I yeah. Was downtown, and Prince was playing. Wow. Obviously, I mentioned that earlier. It's mm-hmm. the second time I'd seen him, but people are hanging off of fire escapes. Bikers are dancing together to Purple Rain. It was chaos and amazing, um, and that was within the first week that I lived here, and I just could not believe that this was all happening. Life in the big city, man. It was great. Well, we'll, we'll we'll talk more to Nick about uh, wh- how we get to where we are here today, as well as some other things going on. But before we go any further, can we hear some of your music? Sure thing. All right. Tell me about this particular song. And then when we come back, we're going to talk about your new record and more about what's going on in the world today. But uh, tell me about this particular song we're going to hear. Well, we broke up in uh, 2014. Our bass player moved to Chicago and we ended the band with a show at the Parkway Theater, as a matter of fact. Mm-hmm. Two doors down from where Two we're sitting down. right now. I'm parked in front of it right now. Uh it was a great show. It was one of my favorites. But uh, we ended up uh, everybody doing their own thing. And Tommy Keen, a great power pop singer, we used to uh, open his shows, and, and he was just a great guy. And he passed away on a Thanksgiving, and the following January, they were doing a memorial service out in L.A., and uh, Mark uh, Devaraj, drummer of High on Stress, and I bought plane tickets and went down there and kind of... Uh, we got the band back together shortly after that. So this song is, is really kind of an homage to Tommy Keen. Very good. It's uh, Nick Leet, High on Stress. This song is called Work Released. It's on The Brian Oak Show.
Those of us in the talking adjacent to music business hate false endings. I know. Do you know know that, Nick? Do you (laughs) know that? My apologies. No, you don't need to apologize to me. Just something that you should carry on through life as you continue to make music. And because I almost stepped on the end of your song there. And that's, um, you'd think eventually I would get more of a sense for it, at least count it off in my head. But of course I don't. And false endings through the end of my radio days continued to plague me. (laughs) Something I'll have to keep in mind. You're not even running on the board there, son. Yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm the one over here going, oh, shit, is that? <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't do like, it's the Brian Oak Show. Nick Leet is our guest. The band High on Stress is the band we just heard. Work Release, which is the song that kicks off the latest release, Hold Me In. If people want to listen to more of it, if people are like, fuck it, I'm sold, that's the song right there. In fact, just a couple episodes, we had Lori Lindine on, who sings backup on one of these songs, Wish This Moment Gone. We played that. So second appearance of High on Stress here on the show. If people want to hear it or better still, buy a copy of it, what's the best way for them to support your band? We are on Bandcamp, uh, High on Stress MPLS. If you look for us on there, we've got all of our albums on there. But, uh, you know, we're on Spotify, which I think 
A lot of people hate Spotify, and they and they do not pay people. Let's be real. Yeah, it's or true. They barely pennies pay on the dollar. Pennies on the dollar. Not um, even pennies on the dollar. Unfortunately, fractions of pennies on the dollar. Right. There was a great uh, internet thing the other day where there were. Spotify was selling their, uh, celebrating their 100th dollar. <laughs> Give it to yeah. I saw that. It was too. so good. I uh, mean, it's also heartbreaking, but super hilarious. Yeah, I laughed. I right, laughed. Right. But I love Spotify for what it is. It's a great sense of discovery, like when you're a kid and there's cassettes floating around and all that. But, mm-hmm. you know, at the end of the day, you hope people are going to go out and buy your music. So Bandcamp is where your best margins are, though, right? Exactly. Perfect. They're a great site. They do, uh, once a month, they do a Bandcamp day where they waive all of uh, their fees. Mm-hmm. Which has been really great for us. Which means all the money goes to the artists in play. Yes. Which is kind of what we want to do, because even if all the money goes to the artists, it's not like you're becoming independently wealthy overnight. People are doing whatever they can to survive with the margins that we find, and it gets weirder and more bizarre every day. So if you have the means, and I mean, we've asked you to be Patreon supporters of The Brian Oak Show, and many of you have. We also continually ask you to go and support local restaurants or your favorite local artists, because I want these things around on the other side of this however long this is going to be man i used to think phrases like we're all in this together we're just kind of like oh yay successories like the little kitten hang in there friday's coming kind of thing oh no but we actually all are in this together (laughs) and so speaking of supporting small businesses i do want to thank another sponsor of the brian oak show that would of course be busters on 28th i did actually go get well, again, I was about to tell a lie. I was going to say that I went and got an order of the cheese curds there, but I actually got two orders of cheese curds recently at Buster's on 28th because I was worried that I would have to share with my family, my wife and child, and I didn't want there to be not enough. Now, two big you know, heaping orders is clearly too much, but when it comes to cheese curds, would you rather have too much or not enough? I think too much is always the way I'd like to go, Brian. You, you've seen me. Isn't there a heavy metal band that had an album called Too Much Is Never Enough? Anyway, however, however that, I don't think it was them. <laughs> Maybe it was, though. I, however that heavy metal band felt about rock and roll and uh, groupies, that's how I feel about those cheese curds, because as I mentioned, I'm moving on in years. Buster's on 28th has an amazing selection of wine and beer. They've got a really great menu. You could just do curbside to go. You can order online right now at bustersontwentyeighth.com, or you can go hang out on their patio when the weather gets nicer, because it got real cold and nasty here. I got friends out in L.A. sending me pictures of their outdoor thermometers saying 116. Yeah. I got a picture from just east of the Cascade Mountains in Oregon this morning where there's so much smoke and fire in Oregon as well, and the high winds are whipping up off the ocean that the sky was a dark Mars red uh, yeah. for sunrise this morning. It's uh, it's weird out there right now. It sure is. But go to bustersontwentyeighth.com. My wife and my two children and I biked. To the falls, then over to Buster's and burned. We burned all those calories, then we brought them right back. Good man. With the cheese curds and the the beer made pretzels. Oh, it's so freaking good. See, yeah. I never ordered pretzels because I'm like, I might like the pretzels here. Not speaking of Buster's specifically, but wherever I might yeah. be. Or I know, you, I mean, you, it's really hard to screw up French fries, and sometimes pretzels no good. But of course, at Buster's they're good. I haven't had them. So tasty. Yeah. Special sauce, too. Oh, go to Buster's on. I, you know what I've eaten today? I've eaten a raspberry oat bar. Uh, <laughs> just Buster, say one oat. Yeah, Buster's on 28th.com uh, is where you can find out more, order online, etc., etc. And finally, I do want to thank our other sponsor, my friend, co-producer, uh, producer, co-owner of the Brian Oak Show. That would be Sean Bernard, who is also uh, a realtor at large. I am, and guess what? We have a uh, two listeners of the show, Jim and Nancy, who are Patreon members, yeah. and they uh, just put a purchase agreement in on a house, and we're 
listing their house, and it goes on the market on Friday. Fantastic news. Well, good luck. Did you say Jim and Nancy? Jim and Nancy. Good luck, Jim and Nancy. Yep, not Sid and Nancy. No, Jim and Nancy. Yeah, yeah, it would be too late for Sid and Nancy. It would. 612-859-2594. That number is text-worthy as well. <laughs> we'll have to get some more sound effects in there. Nick Leak of the band High on Stress. Right now, uh, it can't be too stressful. That's probably super stressful. you got little ones. You, you're going to be doing at-home learning, and nobody really knows what the future looks like. Um, what's that? He just pointed at me. He's like, hey, asshole. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm going to be teaching these kids, man. Yeah. Oh, what do you think, think it's going to be like for him? Not only working his job, not only yeah. cranking out well-respected Minnesota music, but also having to teach his kids. I feel bad now a little. <laughs> no, I don't. I, you know, I think I think you're right. They're not teaching them, but it is. It's putting undue stress on everybody on both ends of the spectrum. It is. There, it is. Um, I want to ask you. Speaking of undue stress, the band is high on stress. This is your fifth album. I know that your band has played a ton live, but the studio is a different animal. Do you like going into the studio to lay down records, or is that a necessary evil? I love going in at the beginning. It's super fun. Mm-hmm. By the end, I just want it to be over. Can someone mix this thing and get it done with? Right. And is that because there's like someone in the band's a perfectionist like, ooh, but what if we did this? Or what if we did this? That would be everyone. Okay. Oh, uh, good. And varying ideas on which way to go. Right. Like it's, I always joke that if we get through this album without breaking up, but we've been around now forever, so we're fine. Yeah. Uh, but it, and I'm, I'm pretty impatient. Uh, you know, when you hear those Westerberg stories <laughs> about how impatient he is in the studio, uh-huh. that's good enough. Um, I can relate to that because right. I just wanted to be done. Uh, whereas the other guys in the band are like, mm, no, not done. Yeah. So they they keep me in check, which is really good. Because you're like, all right, that sounds good enough. Let's yeah. just put the record out and let's get back to doing what we do. Of course, now in the COVID era, performing is very difficult. Are you doing any of the streaming stuff or the distance stuff or any of that kind of stuff right now? Uh, not really. I did a handful of the uh, Acoustic Joe live from your, you know, pajama pants right. sort of thing. <laughs> And is that, is that satisfying? I mean, obviously, it's not the same as getting out and playing a live show and seeing people get excited and having fun and getting that feedback loop. But is there any level of joy for you just knowing that you're bringing your music out to some people? It was, it was kind of a kick in the in the beginning for sure. There, you know, I had a couple shows that were like four or five different countries on there, and you're like, whoa, this is yeah. actually reaching people who wouldn't be able to see you play. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a benefit to that, um, and, and it's it's fun, but it's definitely not. You know, standing in front of a Marshall lamp with a drummer behind you, like it's it, you can't replace that. That never gets old, does no, it? Playing never. live, never. Yeah, never. Oh, what's I mean? So when was the first show you did? Obviously, when you're young, you know, you're like, I'm okay. I'm not great. Even if you're great, or, or if you do think you're great, chances are you're not great yet. But I mean, <laughs> there's going to be that first gig where you're like, oh my god, that's a. I mean, the one that gets under your skin that you think about the rest of your life. Do you have any idea when that was? I do. Um, like many first bands, it was in our uh, high school gymnasium. Nice. <laughs> um, and this is kind of a strange story. So we were a straight up three chord punk band. I was a guitar player and background screamer guy. Nice. <laughs> um, but oddly enough, our first show that we ever played, the singer and I did an acoustic set to open for ourselves. Uh, we did uh, a Wilco song off of AM. We did one of our own. And then we did the song by a band called Billy Pilgrim. Which mm. it was like a um, record company compilation CD that they sold at Target, mm. and we had purchased it. it had Jayhawks on it. It had uh, the Goo Goo Dolls, of course, uh, were on there. And then Billy Pilgrim had this song called "Sweet Louisiana Sound," um, 
that we just loved. We didn't know anything about the band. We just loved the song. So we, we played it and kind of opened for ourselves doing that. And then we did our loud screaming rock show. Um, and I remember one of our friends lit off a, a, a smoke bomb in the gym. <laughs> Never got in trouble. Wow. wow. I could still smell it on Monday morning when I came in for school. Oh, awesome. yeah. Oh, but gosh. no one noticed that it was. They <laughs> probably thought it was a smoke machine or something. Right. Um, so, yeah, no, that was the show. But uh, it was bizarre because we did this random Billy Pilgrim song. And then um, about two years ago, I um, I was playing a solo thing in Illinois. And this guy down there, his name's Dave, Ottawa, Illinois. It's about an hour and a half outside of Chicago. And he's got this great kind of songwriter series. And he's had Matthew Ryan, uh, which I went down there, did a show with him. Uh, Miles Nielsen, Rick's kid from Cheap Trick, who's yeah. like the greatest guy on the planet. He's mm. so cool. Mm-hmm. He's a good guy. Uh, but when I went down there to play the show with Matthew and Miles, um, Dave, the booking guy, is telling me, you know, I've, I've got this guy coming. You know, I'm trying to get Rhett Miller, which he ultimately did. Um, but you know, I've got Andrew Hyra and I'm like, Oh, who's Andrew Hyra? He's like, he's great. You should check him out. I'm like, okay, well, he's like, he was in this band called Billy Pilgrim in the nineties. Wow. Oh my God. Are you kidding me? Um, so I find him on, on Facebook and I send him a message and I kind of say, Hey, I see you're going down to play. Cause he's, he lives in Connecticut. I'm like, you're going down to mm-hmm. Illinois to play this thing. It's great. You'll love it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I told him the story about, uh, opening our own set with, uh, his song, like 20 some years ago right and uh we struck up a friendship and like yeah we're like teenage girls now like <laughs> li- live texting football games on monday night right uh, but we ended up <laughs> we never spoke on the phone but we came up with an idea that we were going to write a song together so i did a, a verse and a chorus filmed it on my iphone sent it to him through facebook messenger he did the same thing back um finished the song that way brought it to the band we recorded it he flew in his vocal parts and his his instrument parts um and then it's on the record uh, it's called never got that far and um once it was done uh chad who recorded the album he's our guitar player he sent him a copy sent andrew a copy and then andrew texted me he's like i got it sounds great um and then we got on the phone and met officially wow. Over the phone. wow so since then we we actually met out in illinois and did a show together uh one in chicago and one in ottawa um but uh, billy pilgrim randomly just got back together weird um the other day they just uh released their uh re-released an album they had put out in like early 2000s they only printed up like 500 because they were on atlantic records got mm. dropped that age-old thing mm. um his they're kind of a folk duo, but um, his partner went on to start Sugarland. Christian Bush from hmm. Sugarland. Wow, yeah. You know them? Uh-huh. Um, so it's Andrew and Christian. So they just re-released this record last week um, in the Time Machine. Um, so it everything just kind of lined up, and, and it's been fun to uh, hear his adventures out there. He was out in Atlanta last week uh, recording uh, kind of a live on the internet show with Christian and getting ready for this release, which is on Bandcamp as well. But it's just a strange... Uh, world and music, how everything just kind of <laughs> shrinks, and you're like, I remember that band, and next thing you know, you're writing a song with them over the internet. Crazy. That that is crazy, and it seemed, you know, what like maybe 2020 is just weird, right? Like maybe not everything is a flaming pile of shit. Maybe it's just a weird <laughs> year where things are interacting or coalescing in ways that might heretofore have been unimaginable. Is this song we're about to hear? Does it come off that reissue? Yeah, it's on the uh, the brand new reissued Billy Pilgrim album that came out last Friday. Well, this is the one you had picked, and we would be remiss if we did not hear a little Billy Pilgrim. This is called Open All Night on The Brian Oak Show.
right now Walking away seems like the only way out How many times should we go Like a record player playing La da di da da di da da di da For all the good times singing And into the darkness ringing Storms fly Shout in the space Silence throwing lines all over your face You're changing all at once And as they're changing back again You're laughing, you're crying And all the while the storm's been rising
Billy Pilgrim up uh, open all night right there on the Brian Oak Show, a song suggested by Nick Leet of High on Stress, who is our guest. Now, you brought in for Sean and I each a copy of your CD, Hold Me In, which is the new one, which is doing quite well. You also brought in your Live at First Avenue, which was recorded only last year, just last year inside the First Avenue main room, and it seems like a lifetime ago. I mean, certainly for me as a fan of music, for you as someone who likes to perform live, who has performed live a great many times, this is a weird kind of desert to be in right it's very strange we usually uh have a couple times a year where we head out for a a handful of dates on the road and and you know the shows are fun they're always fun but like some of it's just like you know going to the gas station at four in the morning (laughs) getting donuts and beef jerky and Mm -hmm. laughing about stupid things right (laughs) um so totally miss that and uh we actually had a phone call last night where we were doing a thing for this baltimore radio station and it kind of reminded you what you're missing because we were just laughing about the stupidest stuff. So. <laughs> it's got a little taste of it, at least for one night. We talk about so your live at First Avenue uh, record, I imagine, is also available on Bandcamp. Correct, all your stuff. So yeah, high on stress, it. Bandcamp. Uh, speaking of live records, uh, the best live record I've heard this year, and I'm going to be honest, I'm not a big live record guy unless I'm a deep, deep you know, uh, acolyte of said artist or band. That being said, every once in a while, something comes along that's so good and so infectious that it pulls you in whether you want to like it or not. And to me, the best live album I've heard in recent memory is Thank You Dancers. Uh, Slim Dunlap recorded live at the Turf Club back in the mm-hmm. early 2000s. You know, because I like Slim Dunlap fine. I just, I'm not like a super fan or anything. And if I was going to listen to a record, in, mo- in most cases, I'd rather listen to a well-produced studio record. But every once in a while, somebody manages to capture mm-hmm. that that electricity right that spark that's there and thank you dancers is ecstatic from the very beginning until the very end and i bring it up not only because it's a great highly recommended minnesota release but because you have worked with slim dunlap on far more than one occasion yeah we had uh for our second album Coplight parade i ended up getting his phone number from somebody mm-hmm. and i cold called him and i'm like oh this is gonna be a problem but really? i'm going for it i'm going <laughs> You so I mean you just like and to to produce to play no, to we were having a release show and I wanted him to play so yeah. I, I tracked down his phone number I'm like this guy's gonna just yell at me exactly and I said hey uh, this is uh, Nick from High on Stress and he's like oh I love High on Stress <laughs> and, that's so great and instantly I was like what wow. <laughs> this is how I plan this yeah. call and, then uh, you know no, it's a trick I was, I was yeah I was bracing for disaster uh-huh. and uh, he couldn't have been nicer he said yeah I'll do it I'll absolutely. Uh, a few days later, I you know called him for more of the details and kind of went for it again and said, "Hey, you know, would you want to come up, come up and uh, play guitar on a song?" And he's like, "What song?" And I told him Myliner Blues off our first record. Mm-hmm. He's like, "Love that song, yeah, I'll do it." And I'm like, "Okay." Um, and it was at the Fine Line. Romantica played, uh, Slim played, and wow. uh, and uh, last song of the set. Slim comes up and literally every photographer in the house is like right up next stage of the Fine Line, just snapping shots because. You know, he hadn't been playing much at that point. Right. Like after the Turf Club uh, monthly thing kind of um, stopped, which we found out later, we actually got his first slot that they uh, they stopped having him. They never told him. He just saw that some band called High and Stress was playing that night. Oh. Ooh. Yeah, and, and oh. He, yeah, he still agreed to play with you. Yeah, exactly. Even um, though you cost him his, his gig. That's right. And then soon <laughs> after that, you know, uh, 
we became phone buddies and, you know, I'd call him and he would tell me all these like, oh, I walked into this guy's kitchen and, and Steve Earle's in there. <laughs> like, oh, keep keep wow. going, keep going. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then there's the Keith Richard. Like, he's got a million wow. stories. It's amazing. It, it, the greatest storyteller you'll ever meet. And and I think you can hear it on this live record, just the way he presents himself. Mm-hmm. That's him. And, and I think it really shows who he is as a person on that live disc, which is why it works so well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we ended up being asked to play a uh, replacements tribute night at first Avenue soon after this. Um, and we did Valentine and, and some other songs. Uh, and um, he called me and he's like, Hey, uh, saw Valentine on, on online. That was great. Really liked it. And he's like, you did it in a different key than we did it, but it makes sense. Paul would change the key on me before we would play it every time. So, <laughs> you know, whatever. Uh, nice. But he uh, he thought that was great. And he said, you know, sometime if you'd back me up and be my backing man, I'll get up and play some songs with you. And sure. So like wow. after seeing that Valentine video. Um, so we ended up getting up on stage with him at the Turf Club. Uh, the Mammy Nuns were playing that night. And I believe it was Crudler as well. And uh he's got a song called girl fiend and you know, we were leading up to it. He'd come to the practice space and he would be like, here's the verse and okay, you got it. And you're like, well, what, what's the rest of it? So <laughs> then he would tell a story and then we would do a half a song and it was just like, okay, we're not getting much out of this other than the fact that this is really fun. Uh-huh. Um, and he's Snippets. like, and he's like, it's better if you don't know the songs. <laughs> we'll be better if you don't know the song. Really? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So we get up on stage at, at the turf club and uh, we go into girl fiend and we play and this, it's like one of his best songs. It's great. And we get done, and I'm next to him on stage, and he's turning around, and he's laughing. And this is, like, one of my favorite moments of all time. And he's laughing, and I'm like, what's, uh-oh, what's, why is he laughing? And I go, what's up? And he kind of leans over, and I and he goes, you guys are so good. And I was like, this is, like, the greatest moment of my life. Fantastic. Um, but we ended up uh, opening for Tommy Keen. Tommy Keen got a hold of us and said, hey, I'm coming to town. You and Slim want to do a show, and mm. we did that. And I uh, can't say enough about Slim. I, uh, I love the man. Is fantastic storyteller about as nice of a guy as you can mm. and get and uh man his uh his desire to live is unparalleled and inspiring mm-hmm. yeah so. and continues to be so and i've known a lot of people who've known slim really well and nobody's ever had even kind of a a, a middling word to say about mm-hmm. it nothing but amazingness when it comes to slim dunlap yeah no one of my favorite people for sure High on stress, the new record is called Hold Me In. If you go to, does it have to be, if I just type in, if I go to some sort of search engine and I type in Bandcamp and High on Stress, it'll take me to where I need to go to get your music? That should work. Um, I think we've got High on Stress MPLS is the the exact address. At got Bandcamp, it. So, but, yep, you can get there. It's got all the records. And we'll link. We'll actually link to your Bandcamp site when we post this show later today. That's a capital idea, Sean. Wow. See how I did that? I do. It's almost using like lo- logic. Multimedia is what you're doing hmm. there. Ah, a force amplifier. We'll hyperlink. You should be in real estate. I'm giving it some thought. <laughs> That's going to do it for episode 89 of The Brian Oak Show. Thank you very much, Nick, for coming by. You will uh, come by and do it again someday? Absolutely. I had a lot of fun. Thank All you. All right. Very good. We'll appreciate you coming down to the Smart Start MN Studio, Sean. I will see you next time when our guest will be none other than legendary guitar player for Dillinger 4, Billy Morissette. Uh-oh. We haven't had Billy in in a while, and, um, well, let's just say one never knows exactly what it's going to be like or how things may um, evolve during the course <laughs> of a Billy visit. So we look forward to that.
to that next time. If you need any other details, you can always find out more at thebrianoakshow.com. If you'd like to come on board permanently as part of our Patreon support, we could always use it. You go to patreon.com slash thebrianoakshow. And Sean said, as we wrap up the show today, he's like, just yank something old school. And I thought, and I thought, and I wasn't in the right headspace, as you said, you weren't either, Sean. And I just thought about how, you know, we're having all these great people on the podcast and everyone's doing their best to maintain positivity, to adapt as the world continues to change a little too rapidly all around us. But at the heart of it all, yes, there's social injustice. Yes, there's a lot of other things. But COVID has reached every corner of every person's life. There's not one person who's not affected by, well, as the dead Kennedys referred to here, the government flu. Days, 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 days